technology is changing, and who knows what's in store for the future. You're listening to the new IT podcast, where we talk with forward-thinking companies to learn what they're doing to be leaders in their space and how they use technology to disrupt their industry. Welcome to the new IT. Here we are in the studio again, Brad. Tell us about the show today. What's going on? Today's a really good show. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's a really good really, show really today. Good show. Oh my gosh, we have got an amazing. Okay, tell us about the show. Okay, I'm, I'm already excited about it. I'm right. already excited. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> well, you know me. I'm right. Let's let's calm down. So today we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion and what that means. So what we've done is we've actually brought in experts in the industries to be able to help us understand how to be more diverse and inclusive. So with us today we have Sarah Jones. Um, she's she's the uh, CEO of Inclusion Pro, and we have um, Trina Limpart, and she's the CEO of RiseNet. And then we have Ginger, who's who's the VP of uh, Policy over at the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce. Awesome. Ooh, I'm excited. So we're just going to dive in. We're going to learn about... Uh, can we just start with kind of you guys taking turns talking about your industry or what you're doing, your company, and just get to know you a little bit before we dive into the questions? You guys cool with that? You just mm-hmm, want to totally. take a turn real quick and let's get to know you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll <laughs> get things kicked off. We'll get started. We'll get things going here. Let's do I love it. it. So, yeah, Trina Limper from Rise Next. Uh, as we mentioned, this is really fun because Sarah and I were just reminiscing. We've known each other for over a decade, I think, now. Uh, we've done a lot of work together over the years, uh, both when I was in as a corporate before I started my consulting agency. And I actually recorded a podcast with her in this building. So we were having some fun look back today. I uh, love working with her and, and uh, with the Salt Lake Chamber and with Ginger. So this is really fun for me. Uh, but I've been in the tech industry for 25 years. So this is really fun to be uh, here with new IT podcast and, and uh, getting connected back into the IT world. Uh, but really taking my background and experience within the tech industry, business and strategy and applying it to diversity, equity, and inclusion now. And and that's really where my forte is, is really understanding how do we drive change and true impact, uh, really creating what I call diversity experience management, focusing on the experience of everybody that's going through this transformation, all the way from the executive team, the leaders, those that are overseeing it, and putting strategy and business behind it. And then have been building out an ecosystem of incredible technology partners and solution providers to once we've got a strategy, then we start talking about what training do we need? What do we need from a solution providing uh, for diversity hiring, for measurement and tracking, for AI solutions in data and management? There's a lot within this space that you don't realize until you start digging in and, and saying this is a really broad area that it can get really overwhelming really fast. And so that's where we really try and help provide that clarity and, and kind of step-by-step people through the process as they get going. I love, can can wow. I ask a, I want to ask a question already. <laughs> All right. So 25 <laughs> years in, in tech, yeah. uh, you've probably seen some inclusion, diversity changes yeah. and, and things. How do you feel about, you know, 25 years ago and now, and what do you what do you think about the future? Just since we're right here, I just thought I'd jump in because you kind of opened it. up that door. I'm yeah. just curious. What what do you think? Past, uh, present, and future of yeah. Some things we've moved along, and others we've moved backwards. It's ah. it's really a shift. I, I actually wrote my thesis paper on why women should go into tech 25 years ago, 
And we, we've actually taken steps back, in, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing, especially with COVID and women leaving the workforce, where we've got a challenge on our hands. And when I was an executive at eBay, you know, I, I know the pressure everybody's under. I was a tech executive. I'm trying to hire. I'm trying to find people. I can't find people locally. I'm bringing people off visas. And I still have women knocking on my door saying, Trina, I want to get into tech. I hear this all this opportunity. How do I do it? So I'm like, what's the disconnect here in not being able to provide opportunities to everybody? And so I, I found that I work with the Women Tech Council, and that's how I've uh, been really closely tied with Sarah over the years. And we founded a nonprofit called Tech Moms, and we help women transition into the tech industry so we can provide that diversity. So, you know, Rise Next really helping with the strategy, but also providing those communities. I, I think organizations tying in at the community level is really where we need to focus. Are you hopeful for the future? Yes. I think, you there's, think been, there's more and more folks standing up and raising their hands. Do you yeah, think it's, this, it's this getting last better? year, I think there's some awareness. I think people are still confused on how. Um, so mm -hmm. really our mantra is how to move people from awareness to action. Because you go through training, you, you have this awareness, you know things need to change, but how do I do it? That's really the challenge that we have on, on really trying to drive to action. I love it. Awesome. awesome. Let's... Well, I, I just cannot match your energy. <laughs> I'm just, you know, and which is so welcoming at the end of a very busy day. So thank right. you for bringing it. <laughs> he always brings it. So don't so, worry about that. No, it's great. It's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, been doing this for a long time and um, the, the shifts are so interesting and fascinating. I actually started as a patent attorney. So if, oh, wow. if there's an industry that is, you know, lacking in in women and minorities, that is that is one of them that is historically uh, struggled because you have you have the path of a STEM degree as well as a law degree. And so, um, uh, you know, I would say, you know, what's interesting about our ability to do this work is we've also experienced that what is mm -hmm. it, what is it like to be a woman in tech? Absolutely. What it is it like to go through those educational, those career pathways, and um, that deep experience that that affords us? But um, and then I did tech entrepreneurship after that, and I would say the you know diversity inclusion is not new, mm. um, and I would say if we kind of look back on the the different phases and decades, we just change the way that we do it. And one of the things that I think is really fascinating about being able to do the work now, especially with everything that's gone, gone on with COVID, Black Lives Matter, and every the, all of the shifts that we've had with social justice, is there's actually a new frontier that's opening up, I think, for leaders and diversity inclusion experts to actually be able to create solutions that literally weren't possible. And mm. I think people do, who haven't spent a lot of time in our industry really trying to like change culture from the inside I don't they, they may not appreciate that what we have now um, I hope we don't lose it mm -hmm. because there's this um, there's some momentum there's well there's or, always been momentum um, but but here's the way I would describe it so people come to us all that time saying what are the best practices how do I diversify my team what are the best practices and Ginger and I will have these conversations in the chamber right and I'm like well what do you mean by best practices because the best practices depend on what your leadership team will allow for. Mm -hmm. So if your leadership team is not engaged, if they don't understand mm -hmm. why they're doing diversity inclusion, go to that. you're gonna do this set of best practices. If you have a leadership team that really like does the work to it's understand engaged. it, is engaged, aligned, 
you actually open yourself up to a new set of best practices. And so what is mm-hmm. exciting is if you think about, we come from the innovation space, right? Tech mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. I think there's actually a lot of solutions being created right now, which is kind of sh- shocking in 2021 still. But we're, we're creating solutions because now it's possible. It's kind of like if you look at tech and storage and semiconductors, there was only th- certain things. We can now envision a black hole because it's now possible, right? That's where we're kind of at with diversity, inclusion, and equity from my lens. Um, the, we're, we're, we're actually in creation mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is an incredibly exciting place it to is. be. That's super and cool. we're not having to deal with like some of the some of the barriers and the slogging through certain things that we used to have to do. And I think um, anyway, it's it's actually a really incredibly exciting time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm excited. She's brought it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Wow. Do I know she energy? <laughs> okay. Well, and that's the good news right there. So I'm excited to share more about what's happening. Awesome. Wow. So I actually forgot I was on this podcast. I was so interested in what we were talking about. Yes. So again, my name is Ginger Chin. I'm with the Salt Lake Chamber. And, you know, as this lens has been, the the lens has been on diversity and inclusion, and we've seen all these changes, our members came forward and said, we want to be intentional. We want to be intentional leaders. We want to have some cultural changes, but we don't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. And so as you can see, I had the the great opportunity to engage in the experts and that's who we have here today and with that we decided hey let's get a diversity summit going and that's what brought us here today was to talk about November yeah, let's talk about yeah it let's sure. talk about it let's real quickly right now yeah November 4th we are hosting our first um, in, inaugural diversity summit and it's at the Salt Palace and we're bringing in Dr. Tony Byers. He wrote the book, The Multiplier Effect, and and he'll be discussing the pieces in that book. And he, he was with Starbucks. He was the DEI officer at Starbucks. And They've the, done a few things. I've heard of them. Yeah, they've yeah. done a little bit. <laughs> I get my morning going. Right. right. <laughs> and then we also, for our afternoon keynote, and this is in partnership with Governor Cox's office. And Governor Cox, as an intentional leader, has made a lot of changes in the state as it relates to diversity and inclusion. And so we're partnered with the governor, but our afternoon keynote is President Johnson of the NAACP talking about why it's important for for businesses not to take a step back, to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And additionally, we have 16 breakouts, and Sarah's one of our speakers, and Trina's one of our moderators. So we have just a fantastic lineup to talk about how businesses can be intentional with their leadership and their culture. And that's November 4th. November 4th, November, yes. it's an all-day event? Yeah, 7.30 to 4.30. 7.30 to 4.30. 4:30. Oh, Love it prompt at 9.30. Oh. <laughs> Sounds about right. Just in time for my session. can't miss Sarah. Yeah. Now, um, actually, like, I, I do want to just specifically um, highlight the great work that the Salt Lake Chamber has done. Like, ever, you know, it, they didn't shy away from difficult conversations. They, they really brought their leadership. In fact, I believe your chair... Mm-hmm. Um, Craig Wagstaff. His in his focus or priority this year as the chair of the board mm-hmm. was diversity and inclusion and equity. And he's a white male, right? And so we're seeing these really great shifts of leaders. And this is another great example of what is it that leaders will allow for, right? Well, they've allowed for, I mean, not that sounds very condescending, but but do you see what I'm understanding is engaged, now? Engaged engage, actively. Yes. yes. Now, we, now we're able to have a... A real conversation. Leadership driven summit, right? That's really driven at the leadership and business level, where now there's a whole new set of opportunities that are possible 
when we're able to bring that unique lens. And not that there haven't been great industry associations and groups and things like that, but um, it's just an example of sort of this, the new way that we're, we're approaching tackling and it's leaders really leading that conversation. And it's super exciting. That is, that that's is way exciting. exciting. Awesome. I, 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 can I ask the question? I took. Sure. I was going to give it to you, but, but <laughs> it's I kinda, all you. So what? What do you guys think uh, companies can do to get more involved? I mean, just on this this open is how do companies get more involved with inclusion and diversity? Oh, that's a broad. Yeah, it's question. a big one. I figured <laughs> I we, uh, we want to start there so we can kind of maybe let me just level set here that I actually think. I think most leaders that I've engaged actually do want to do make mm-hmm. put the effort. They want they, to. They yeah. want to. So, so I think you know, as, as it's very rare that I find somebody who is adamantly opposed to doing anything. And so, I, I guess the nice thing again, some of the shifts we're seeing is we're having to spend less time convincing leaders now, and that's actually really exciting, right? Because think about yeah. how much energy we used to have have to burn just in. Like awareness. that process, the right? There's not a problem. Yes. There's not a the problem. awareness is there. Now and we I, know that, yes. Yeah, and, and now I know that I can't really opt out in the way that I used to be able to. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's and once, once they discover that and then engage, they realize it, like, it doesn't hurt as much as they thought it was going to mm-hmm. hurt. Does that it's make sense? Hard. It's the whole like, <laughs> get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like yeah. leadership is always trained. Get comfortable being, being uncomfortable, except for DEI. That's just so uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, and so it's now it's like, oh, wait, this is actually really exciting. There, there's some great things happening. I, I mm. talked to a company just the other day, and they were like, we're bringing in uh, interns from an outside university. How do we really think about creating a great experience as they come to Utah? I think this migration to Utah, how do we make sure we support diversity? There's a lot of exciting things happening in the area, and just wanting to be involved in in those conversations and it's being an open mindset of like i don't know everything how do i make sure i go through this correctly and create really great experiences that these people transition into our company and want to stay yeah you know that's just one of the types of conversations that we're getting right now and it's it is exciting and it's it's fun it's not this heavy thing anymore Mm -hmm. that you know we're trying to lift it's not it's not heavy it's exciting it is it seems like you know the past companies corporations where it was all about bottom line it was all about you know what are the metrics going on to connect yeah. with the money doesn't it it feels like that the world is changing to hey how do we actually make something that's worth a crap and how do we have happy yeah. employees how do we engage and connect with our employees and actually have them like what they're doing yeah is and, that is and that provide true provide insight so i think one of the big big things that aha moments that I think organizations are going through of wow the more the more we engage with our women and minority groups and bring them to the table to give us perspectives the better we do as a company absolutely right and and the more I have this like organizations that have employees that have worked in diverse companies now are like I don't want to work in a non-diverse I, I want that I'm seeking that and they're finding they can't attract people so you think about not being able to find talent because you haven't addressed this right there's they're starting to see that it's a poor part of their core business it and, has to and be. has to be Absolutely. or has to their be. competitors are going to be Take winning off. all the talent yep and and so people love these cultures they want to be part of it, and and how do we create them? 
and it, it it and it is changing. If you're not in there, then you're that company is going to fail. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Absolutely. If you're not open and understanding and 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 being direct with your culture, mm-hmm. you're not going to make it. Is that fair to say, or what do you get? What do you guys? I, it's pretty bold. I'm saying they're going to go under. They're <laughs> <laughs> done. You know, toast. and you're out. No, and we had this interesting conversation once with this group, and it, and it's interesting, right? Because there's this there's this thinking that if you don't diversify, you're going to fail. You're somehow underperforming, or or whatever. I, I don't think that's actually the case. I just think that if you are leading any organization that has any reach beyond your state globally as a leader it behooves you to be thinking bigger and broader mm-hmm. right because it impacts it actually does impact the bottom line in many 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 ways we're still not taking that out of the dni equation it's actually very much part of that so it's really about expansion growth upping your talent productivity all those things that doesn't mean that Look, there's lots of industries like finance, uh, professional services that still are very largely dominated by white men, and they're still performing exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. So, so right, we, we're in this interesting um, conundrum of like, as the world gets more global, right, as the world starts getting smaller, can't will they be able to survive that? For how long? And at least, or growth, yeah. will they be able to keep growth? Exactly. Probably not, I would think. I wouldn't think so. And, and there's lots of positive peer pressure, Goldman Sachs, um, NASDAQ, right? Yes, applying yeah. lots of really great positive peer pressure in, in really good ways to really infuse that diversity of thought in upper level, right? But there's still a ways to go. Like there's only, I don't know if you looked at the data, but Fortune 500 corporate boards, if you look at the percentage of women, like Asian women and Latina women, they still only hold 1% of those seats. 1%. One percent. Wow. Right? Wow. And that is, I mean, if you think about, like, are we really infusing those upper levels with that? We've got a ways to go. We got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, don't don't get comfortable. Don't get well, too I, complacent. I think that's the best. Be- that's the best statement. Don't get comfortable. Yeah, it's <laughs> the missed opportunities. Yeah, it, it's not that they won't perform or they will fail. It's there's probably missed opportunities yeah. that that you're going to have that you just aren't aware of that you could have even more Absolutely. growth and profitability, right? Absolutely, yeah. So with that said, uh, do, Brad, I'm sorry, man. I've kind of- No, hogged, no, you're fine. I, I'm having too much fun. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hogging the whole thing, I apologize. No, you're fine, I love the intensity. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is cool, this is cool stuff. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it needs to get out there, we need to talk more, people, we need to have more conversations like this. No. So with that said, what do you think about technology? Is there a way that we can use technology to move that needle? How do you guys feel? Yeah. Is, is there I, a space? I, I, yeah, I mean, being a technologist for 25 years, this is where I have a lot of fun, right? <laughs> so, you know, uh, when I was at eBay, I uh, oversaw our technology operations and, and uh, worked within that space, but I also was our global president of women in IT. And I oversaw our, our large organization. Sarah actually came in and helped me with some of my work there, which was really fun. Awesome. Um, but we had 1,500 members in 17 countries. And, wow. Wow. and when I came into that role, we had no systems. I, I was just like, flabber, like how do we run an organization of this size and not have systems, tools, processes? Yeah. Um, you know, we aren't even tracking our budget. It, it you know, it, there was just some, just the way we would never run a business the way we do DEI 
right? We the the rigor was missing, and and so the first thing I did was put together my board, and I had a CFO and a, like put all these put people processes systems just like we would do any other business, and that's what we're doing. And and there's very key systems you need within this space to be able to be effective, whether it's communication systems, event planning systems, tracking systems, data and AI. We have partners like Canaries right now that does data and analytics for your HR systems to be able to track. That's incredible work. Um, project management systems, so like your Monday.coms and your uh, saunas, um, mm-hmm. be able to track your strategy and your execution and put metrics and goals around some of the work you're doing there. Uh, community and hiring programs, like tracking your recruiting. I, I know, yeah. Brad, the work that you're doing, you have technologies you're using there to be able to tie in and track. Um, your, your diversity hiring, and and even companies like Diverse right now, I'm working with where they do employee resource group management. And they're, they're able to actually track the impact of engagement um, impacts for their organization, seeing lift of employee engagement. And you, that drives growth and crop profitability, right? But before mm-hmm. we, just, we just did stuff. Um, and I think organizations are starting to go, Let's not just do stuff. Let's let's treat it like a real business strategy and see what our outcomes are and track it and track towards our moonshot goals that we're putting in place. Um, one of the coolest technologies that uh, recently a startup here in Utah called Typhoon I'm, I've been working with, uh, they have a mobile app for uh, micro learning. Oh, wow. So because one of the biggest challenges is learning. It's like sitting through a three to four hour trying to get off the floor to be able to go through a diversity training and some of these things so how do we segment that down into gamification and rewards and you know there's a lot of exciting things happening in this space that uh it's it's building out as like its whole own industry and we're building out this ecosystem of solutions to be able to support that's awesome i mean in that same vein i mean i think you're right. I mean, it is becoming more of that business strategy now because we are tracking metrics now, and it is right. more important to make sure that we do see that progress from the analytics side of things. And do you think it's getting more where people are using those technologies and they're realizing the importance of of that, of using those technologies, or do you, do you think we're still in a kind of an infancy of that? I think we're in infancy. Hmm. I think it's there's an up and cut. There's oh, a absolutely. lot more to come. I think, so. I think aggregating them, there's a lot of siloed work happening, and that's why we're trying to build out this ecosystem so that it's easier. Uh, A lot of the organizations I'm working with get very overwhelmed and just trying to navigate, right? Is this a trusted solution provider? Who do I go to? They're Googling all over the place. There's not like a one single source to go to to find trusted advisement and solutions. And so that's what we're trying to build out is kind of easing that burden of um, trying to figure this whole space out and, and being that one point of contact that yeah, here what here's what we're trying to do. Here's our solution. Here's how it integrates to our strategy, our overall vision and mission for the company. Now, where do we go? Right. Awesome. Yeah. You probably have a lot of experience in this, but I think you know the testing software and things like that help equalize the playing field to do, to be able to do blind testing and blind skills analysis as as companies are looking to hire because a lot of that used to get in the room and whiteboard code and you know kind of these more intimidating ways of uh you know kind of doing the hiring process and so there's been i think just on the recruiting side some good technology around you know the type of words the language that we're using um how our job descriptions are are being messaged Mm -hmm. so those those are all great um i think 
you know, what I really like about the way Trina's describing this is, um, I think leaders are really seeing diversity and inclusion as an actual business related strategy. So if you think about like the shift of it's the right thing to do, it's the nice thing to do, you know, and, it, you know, in this very um, soft approach that might feel not connected to the actual business itself. So the way she described that was a more integrated way of seeing this as part of your business. And, you know, eventually it, it is in its, in its infancy, but, it, but imagine when I was just talking about those stats into leadership, now imagine that connecting all the way into leadership succession planning and not just having this random, who you're gonna pick to be your successor, but a more, you know, I guess is meritocracy. Yeah. Is meritocracy. <laughs> yeah, meritocracy. What's the meritocracy. Right word? Yeah. Meritocratist. Yeah, you, you know, a more impact driven way to actually decide who who has the right skills to be your future leaders, right? Rather than mm -hmm. some of the ways. But one of the things I struggle with a little bit is I still feel like there are many situations and roles that still depend on the human relationship component, right? And so I think technology is incredibly powerful. Um, but. But, right? <laughs> but, but for example, executive, you're never gonna fill executive roles yet mm -hmm. using, right? You're never gonna fill the board role using technology, yeah. right? There's, there's still some key relationship pathing um, that I think we still have to be very aware of that, I mean, frankly, are human to human and <laughs> therefore going to be imperfect. Yeah, I mean, Sarah, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I, I specialize in certain softwares that I that I recruit for, but I, I cannot stress that I personally think that you need the human element involved in that because mm -hmm. you never know. Somebody may look good and fantastic on paper, but until you actually interview them, until you actually speak with them, you don't really know. So... I, yeah. I, I want to add something to that because I've seen this, especially in the work I do with tech moms and trying, you know, really working in the recruiting and retention. You can't just mm -hmm. recruit diversity and exclude the inclusion part. Absolutely. You need to have the training and all of that. But some of the things that we see is the opt out issue and, and really shifting your recruiting to looking at being coaches and advisors, Absolutely. not just yeah, recruiters. I and I think organizations shifting from talent acquisition to talent development yes and upskilling programs as they you know have this diversity element to it is really really critical so that you don't have a revolving door absolutely and yeah. and so you know one of the biggest things I've had to do especially with the uh, individuals I've been working with is you know the job descriptions a huge issue mm -hmm. you take a look at your job descriptions mm -hmm. it it will exclude people <laughs> And if you need help, give Sarah I a call. We'll we'll help you. you I know. think it excludes pretty much the whole human race. I know, usually. right? It's like this <laughs> like, laundry this list super of human like, person that you want here. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Some yes. of the job descriptions I I see. Um, you know, there's so many things that we just don't. It's just the way we've always done it, so mm -hmm. we keep doing it that way, and it does exclude people. And then getting well, them not, to opt it's in. It's not good for the company. No. To try no. and find this magical, weird thingy no, that they're really trying to say what, they want. What are the minimum requirements? What I, can I coach to upskill seeing people for their potential as well, not just what they've done? Oh, um, so true. Some of those things just really having – just some, sometimes when you just say that and then it's like, oh. And, and, and then yeah. it starts to become part of, like, uh, your normal thinking. But until you have that awareness of, like, oh, yeah, that's what I've been doing and i got to shift – it doesn't take long and it doesn't take a ton of extra work. It's just yeah. like, oh, I've been doing that. Yeah. Let's, and you're seeing that, shift. you think, more 
I mean, I know there's a long way to go, but kind of we to, see that a little bit now. I think there has to be that. I think that light bulb moment that mm-hmm. Trina said is really, really powerful, and nobody can force someone to have that light bulb moment. And so, um, I'll, I'll just give you an example on on the job description. You know, conversation, for example. You know, I'll have people be like, "Well, um, you know, I don't want to target women and people of color." I'm like, "Cool." I wasn't going to teach you to do that, but good. I'm glad, right? Good. I'm glad I know where you are. Now, what's interesting, Interesting. they'll say, but we we just really can't hire any diversity. It's just white men. And I sit there and I say, so. You've had them say that. The real truth is you've been targeting white men. Like, right? It's weird that nobody sits there and thinks about that. And like, wow, my process have actually been targeting and I didn't. I, I've never thought of it that way. That's the hard truth moment. Can yeah. if you can face mm-hmm. that truth, that's the aha moment. Now you now you're ready to expand, right? And I'm like, okay, great. Watch my hands. So you've been doing this with your hiring. You think I'm going to tell you to do this? Nope. We're going to do this, right? Exactly. And that's inclusion, right? Yeah. This is inclusion, wow. and and it's that wow. yes, that <laughs> light bulb moment. Yeah. But you got to face that hard truth and and that. Ad- admit that reality that's been embedded in your processes forever right it's so simple why don't we it's so simple (laughs) it's so simple but i i had to go through it myself like you recognizing my own uh white privilege and some of the things you know i a lot of people ask why i'm in the dei space and i'm white and and uh there's a lot of forms of diversity and inclusion and but for me i had to go through that and i think that experience for me to go wait is my network diverse? Do I have people of color within my network? And I didn't. And probably, this was probably 12 or 13 years ago, was very intentional in broadening my network Hmm. so that when I get those positions that come up or when the opportunities come up, my network is involved. And you have to start the work now. It's not when the job opens and then Mm -hmm. I start looking for Mm -hmm. diversity. It's our networks are what build most of our, our hiring practices. And so it's that intentionality. And I had to go through that myself and go, oh, wait, I've, I'm doing this. And so I, I understand, uh, you know, and can relate to that same aha light bulb moment that a lot of people are probably going through. And I'm still learning. I'm, you know, we're all, uh, we're all on learning. a journey here. Yeah. We're all but learning. Trina's also going to show up to the MLK walk as well right yes, so, I did. with I mean, my son yes was, i mean it was nice. an yes. incredible experience and so just getting more involved yeah. in you know uh, all of our communities mm-hmm. i you know it's really a wonderful thing to experience and to be part of and to have your awareness open that way and once you start doing that you just you want more of it mm-hmm. you know i, I love yeah. the positiveness of it too this is yeah. this is a positive thing a very powerful positive thing i i want to ask uh, just going to throw this out there because I'm curious what you guys think. How many companies, I mean, there's so many companies that kind of know, oh, we have to follow a thingy and they don't really have that as their culture, but they know, oh, we have to chop, put a check, check box mark. in that, you know, bigger companies that say, oh. okay, we're going to pretend that we give a crap. Is that, uh, do you see that a lot? Is that, I mean, to me, it feels like it's probably a lot. I don't work with any clients like that. <laughs> you can, well, you can kind you. of tell. Here's in the, the thing. You see right through them almost immediately, I, right? It, it, they, I've, I've been out this for a little while, but um, <laughs> <laughs> happily. 
really right to to the positive energy part is I don't I don't have to work with clients like that like and and I'm to I'm going to tell in their approach I'm going to tell in the way they treat me um, as a leader and so so there's all these indicators right that you know I can just say you know we're actually not a great fit or they'll just never respond to me so either way it works, it works out itself fine. out but yeah. here's, here's so they don't even try even really no they try oh they, they just okay. they don't they, they, but it's they not really real you can tell it's, it's not it's, real. It's, I, I think it's positive. I think they have good intentions, but yeah. I think, but but I don't think right. If you say on the spectrum of, I, I would call it a readiness level. Okay, oh. so wh- how okay. ready are they to really take what I would call an authentic journey? Now, when they're ready, the good news is that it. I mean, frankly, I say, look, I don't expect you to copy anything anyone else is doing. You get to build something that's authentic to you and your culture. And I'm gonna help you do that. But what is what a great relief that I don't have to be Adobe, I don't have to be eBay, I don't have to be I can be yeah. myself, yeah. I can be the this company that I built, and we can build something that feels unique and authentic to us. And that's the process that I think is empowering, mm-hmm. right? And it can engage everyone in that exercise, but but you have to have a readiness level to get there, right? And so the ones that are, um, can you come talk for an hour for free for, to my whole company, um, are, are not quite there yet, right? And so- <laughs> I, I love it. I put a little bit of a negative spin on it, and you still brought it back positive. I love, I love it. I love it. They're just not ready. They're just not ready. They're not the, jerks. They're just not ready. Right. And the more the more organizations that become ready and their examples and vocal examples, it's helping other organizations get there. Because they're saying, oh, look what they're doing. I can do that too. And I think uh, that really critical part when we're working on DEI strategies is you start with that company's vision, mission, and values. You don't – a lot of companies look at them and say, all right, what's everybody else yeah. doing? And, 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 and it's not, like, it doesn't, not don't, let's not start there. It's not authentic. Who are you? Who do you want to become? You know, working with banking organizations that look at their community and providing opportunity within from financial services to underserved communities. That's not going to be in an eBay. That's not going to be at a, you know, Oracle or a, a do- it's going to be unique to the organization and what their goals are. And every strategy is going to be different. There mm-hmm. is no set standard. Here's a strategy go do it. Yours is going to be unique to you, just like every business has a different business approach, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Wow, that's great. That's interesting. This is cool stuff, guys. This is, this is <laughs> We exciting. think so. It's I, fun. I love it. It's really fun. I, I, I love it as well. So can we talk a little bit more about the conference and, and kind of learn a little, you know, I know you, you touched on a little bit. Could you guys maybe all give your little insight into the conference ginger deserves all the credit she put together an amazing lineup um and i just think it's i think it's really great to have the caliber of speakers and to be able to remind people that you know it i i mean i think everybody who will be there still really understands how relevant this is but to have such a strong business focus because i think sometimes you know, it gets very um, sort of more um, in in the social space, which is important. Mm-hmm. And what we're finding as companies is we can't really like carve out this this company wall and be like, no, no social conversations of what's going on on the outside world can come into our our workplace. That's not realistic mm-hmm. anymore. But what I do appreciate is when it's a very business driven conversation, it really empowers leaders to really think about their own business, how they're going to lead, 
right? What they're going to do differently as business leaders. Because a lot of times, um, you know, I'll say it's really great to to care about social justice and, and, and absolutely please do. But the most power you can have right now in this moment is the way you lead your company, mm-hmm. right? And that, if, if every leader were to do that, mm-hmm. we'd start to see massive shifts in, yeah. in across industries, yeah. right? We should absolutely care about social justice, but also understand where, where our sphere of influence can be best leveraged as leaders. Yeah, I yeah. think leaders, oh, sorry, Ginger. No, go ahead. I think leaders, but then getting your organization to all see themselves as leaders. Mm-hmm in this space like every single one of your employees you the the executive team should lead out on this and they should be setting the example and saying we want every single one of you to own and and be able to be creators of change and how do we enable that and with it, just volunteer or social like there are so many ways to get involved we want everybody to feel like they have a place and that middle management layer uh, i call it the frozen middle Right, where decisions on hiring and promotion and all of these issues really stem can stem from, that is such a critical part of them recognizing their role in in this space as well. So, who would you guys uh, did you did you have something to add? No, I was just <laughs> going to say that we had one of the best problems you could ever have when putting a summit on. We put out an RFP and said, you know, who in this who in Utah is in this space or beyond, and we have we have companies flying in from all over. We received so many proposals, and Sarah and I sat down and read through them all. And and to co- to weed it down from 50 proposals to 16 sessions is just a gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. we have so much talent and people that have wow. interest in in leading out in this space. It's it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. So who would you say should be at the conference? Who who should be there? Who should go go see? Who should be there to learn? Yeah, I just answered this question the other day at our board meeting. Anybody who's interested in intentional leadership in this space should be there, and their employees should be there as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I love that you, you guys talk about employees. I think that the key is that if you set a culture of not number employees, but people employees, mm-hmm. you, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think, is that not the key to, to look yeah. at your employees as people mm-hmm. and that they're they're a part of what makes you successful, not another number to get something done. Yeah, I like how Ginger described that because a lot of times in the past, it'd be like, oh, I'm gonna send the woman HR manager or I'm gonna send this person. That's your space that you mm-hmm. you belong in, right? And think about Which what that- Which is the wrong mindset. Think about right. what that yeah, reinforces, yeah. So everybody. right? Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Everybody and so, has a role. And so the shift of any leader who wants to be intentional, because we can all lead, you, I mean, just, because I happen to be a woman of color. By the way, I was raised by a white family. I'm adopted, so I don't have, you know, the, the you know, experiences of, of being raised by Asian parents. But, um, you know, anyone can lead in this space. It's just a matter of building that competency. We do what we do because we're strategists. We don't do it because we're women. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very clear misconception of the old way of doing diversity and inclusion. You belong in the space because you have this optical identity factor about you. Mm-hmm. And now if you And I shouldn't go because I'm a white man. Yes. I, no, I will be stepping everyone. on I, toes or something. And that's yeah, that's yeah. the old mindset. That's the, yeah. the old mindset. Yeah. mindset. Or my job is to sit in that room and not say anything. <laughs> Right, and and that's hard. I, I think that's a hard position for yeah, it's male hard leaders for me to, to be in. Sit in a room and not well, say I, anything. I, right. I can imagine. I can imagine. 
We would want your energy. We want, we want. right? We want, the, we want the mix. We want, and I think that's really what the chamber has been able to build is so this cool. wonderful yeah. mix. If you look at all the, all the panels, I mean, it's not just race. It's not just gender, right? It's, there's so many topics that are covered and also community topics as well, which yeah. is really great too. Um, but it just, it's, and, and also age. So and we even looked at, we went through a list of identity characters. So we're like, yeah. okay, so wh who's going to drive, like age, right? Yeah. Think about how often we don't talk about generations and, and ageism. There's so a, there's a discrimination. There's a huge yeah. discrimination. Yeah. Well, and even knowing how to lead different, uh, generations, oh. there's a whole <laughs> leadership you know, understanding and the pronoun stuff. conversation. Yes, it, it, it terrifies people. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the biggest problems right now the state's facing and the nation is this workforce issue. And I think this is a way inclusive, making and belonging, and creating a culture where people don't want to leave out the back door. Tarina talks about retention. Mm -hmm. So important right now. Yeah. yeah. And wow. mental health also, mental health is, is also yep. included in, I mean, so think about like how really, um, you know, and these are all the things that companies care about right now, mm -hmm. right? And very relevant, relevant topics. Yeah. So how do people, how, how do we sign up for it? How do you, how do you get there? How do you, yeah, how much to, is it? When, when, all that stuff. Salt Lake Chamber website, we, you can register now all the way up until noon of November 1st. And tickets are $120, and we have tables, and we also have some scholarship tickets as well that we've been administering. Is, so, is there some way they can get a hold of you? Or, or yeah, my information's on the Salt Lake Chamber website, and awesome. again, Ginger Chin. So, awesome. Oh, Two, ends. Two ends. Two ends. Mm -hmm. Good enough. Is, is it is there a virtual aspect at all or is it completely no we're doing strictly in person this time interesting yeah, yeah well I like ready it. to get back to that yeah. I mean virtual is cool and we probably are not gonna ever get away with it but, but gosh it's not as fun as having folks here and right. absolutely talking and the chamber always top-notch <laughs> events so I'm always excited to partner with them and just appreciate their leadership in this space and because they represent so many of the large organizations that really make our economy run. And it's it's so significant to have that type of leadership in the state. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, this has been great. Yeah. Brad, I, I, I no. hogged the whole thing. I, I apologize, <laughs> man. <laughs> this has just been so enlightening. And, and thank you for coming and being on the show. This has just been so, so good. Uh, I. I, 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 don't, yeah. I just can't say enough of, of this was just an awesome interview. It's very rare, but you left me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, for, you. For, for being here. And uh, thank you for being on the new I Not you guys being on the new ID. Thank you for listening to the new ID. And we will see you next time.